University of Louisville understands that their students come from diverse backgrounds with aspirations, drives, and needs to match. With more than 50 online programs in areas like business, education, social work, engineering, and more, Yulevale provides students with a multitude of career advancing options and flexible coursework. Students can complete their coursework from the comfort of their home or on the go via mobile apps. Learn more at louisville.edu slash online. That's louisville.edu slash online. From the University of Louisville's Delphi Center for Teaching and Learning. And the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning. I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I am Tom Cavanaugh. And you are listening to TopCast, the Teaching Online Podcast. Hey, Tom. Hey, Kelvin. How are you this fine (laughs) Friday? (laughs) Well, you know... Uh, intermittently frustrated with all the technology <laughs> snafus we've been experiencing. The listening the- <laughs> and watching audience will have no clue of all of the technical ridiculousness that happened prior to us hitting record. So here's yeah. hoping. Here's yeah. hoping that proves to be true. <laughs> so I did mention Friday. We don't often talk about the actual days that yeah. we record because those mm-hmm. are not the days they get released. But yeah. uh, it is a Friday and Friday mm-hmm. afternoon that we're recording this. Um, mm-hmm. So we often talk about weather. What's the weather in Kentucky today? It's sunny and blue sky out there. And uh, let's... Oh, weather's unavailable because I'm in airplane mode. Um, <laughs> I think it's about uh, I think it's about uh, 29 or 30, I think, outside. Hmm. Well, here in uh, lovely Central Florida, it's been a bit gloomy today. It's been a rainy day. Gloomy. Yeah, and cool for us. Probably 60 degrees out. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's rough for you. We're, uh, we're looking to be up uh, 60, 61 as a high mid next week and rainy. So yeah, that's like today for us. Warm and rainy, and you think of it as cold and rainy. It's cold and rainy. Yeah, absolutely. that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Um, I uh, I thought I saw your mug. Yeah, your Spider Man mug. Um, mm-hmm. Kelvin, what's in your thermos today? Well, in the thermos, Tom is um, a coffee not unlike a lot that I bring. As I think maybe you and our listeners know, I often purchase coffees from uh, roasters throughout the U.S. um, from places in which I have never set foot at this online coffee service. And um, they curate and they come up with really some excellent coffees. And, you know, coffees, I, unless I'm traveling for a conference and stumble into a, into a, a coffee shop, I, you know, wouldn't run across otherwise. So this coffee is one of those. It is a single origin Ethiopia from Brandywine Coffee Roasters in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, my coffee is tasty. I wish I could be sharing it with you. <laughs> I can't wait to see if you can find a connection to my coffee, but what are you drinking? So I'm drinking um, nothing too special, San Francisco Bay hazelnut cream. Mm. So um, kind of nice afternoon desserty sort of coffee, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's tasty and I am enjoying it. Um, mine might have the same theme as yours because oh. we ordered ours uh through uh-huh. our friends at amazon uh-huh. and uh-huh. It, uh-huh. that was online and it got delivered uh-huh. here to the house uh-huh. 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 so it was sort of 
hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> it's so you, online and personal. You, you you didn't go. You didn't get it from San Francisco yourself. No, did not. No, yeah. in fact, oh, we didn't even right. go across the street to the grocery store and get this. <laughs> so yeah, so all right, that's my guess at the connection that yeah. it was something that you purchased online. Um, and that was, there was a certain amount of convenience in that. Yeah. And I guess, uh, pulling that thread a little bit that there, there can be, we were talking about this on another, um, on another related topic before we hit record as well, but there can sometimes be affordances of online only experiences. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't have run across all these diverse, uh, copies from around the country if I didn't have this service saying, Hey, here's a great one. Do you want to buy it? I'm like, Oh, that sounds great. I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you wouldn't be able to have your San Francisco Bay stuff. So yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's true. So like with Amazon where I got this coffee, um, it feels like it's got an infinite warehouse of everything that I want, right? Like I could yeah. not go down the street to Publix, yeah. which is our grocery store here mm. in Florida. We love Publix. Mm. Um, and buy this because they just don't stock it. Mm-hmm. But I can go online and find anything I want in any amount that I want. And and I'll say this in a very self-serving way as a mystery novelist. My books are not always stocked in your local Barnes and Noble, but anybody can go out and buy it, um, you know, online. I'm going As to they pause should. the recording now and do that. <laughs> Thomas plug. B. Kavanaugh. <laughs> com. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, uh, to make the transition uh, a ro- away from the e-commerce portion of the <laughs> podcast, uh, Tom, you recently interviewed our colleague, Joseph Rakelme, about his experience leading a completely remote online learning team. Um, you want to tell us about Joseph and that interview? Yeah, uh, happy to. It was a really good discussion. Joseph's an old friend who's kind of moved to this new position out of state, but it was nice to sort of catch up. Um, so Joseph Rakelme is vice provost and chief online officer at American University in Washington, D.C. Previously, when we knew him, uh, he served as assistant vice president of online education at Florida International University. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really uh, enjoyed the conversation. And yeah, as you said, uh, we talked about kind of the, the challenges, but also the benefits of leading a remote workforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, through the modern technological marvel that is podcast time travel, here is your interview with Joseph Raquelme. So, Joseph, thank you for being on TopCast. Thank you. Great to uh, be speaking here with you today, Tom. Yeah, it's nice to nice to um, see you again. <laughs> we miss you in Florida. Uh, uh, as as a longtime colleague within the state university system, um, I think American University's gain was Florida's loss. So it's nice to chat. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. So it was. Uh, we had a lot of good, uh, a lot of good times in the uh, in the Florida system talking about uh, online education as a as a system and how to improve it. Absolutely, yeah. Well, believe it or not, we're still talking about it. <laughs> um, but that's not what we're talking about today. So what I'd like to do is is chat about a theme that Kelvin and I have been revisiting periodically, kind of since the pandemic started, which is about remote work. And um, you know, the pandemic really has shaken up 
how um, how our work days and work weeks are structured, not just in higher ed, but across, I guess, all industries. And you have been maybe a, a little more um, aggressive or forward thinking in, in your remote work strategy than maybe even we have here where we have a hybrid schedule. So I, I wonder if maybe you could just start by sort of describing the kind of um, remote work structure that you have at American U. Sure. Yeah, we, uh, I think what's unique is that we were born in, in the pandemic, almost our team. You know, I started two weeks before the pandemic. And so when we were kind of scrambling to build a team, you know, we recognized we, we want to bring on, uh, you know, great talent, you know, at a pretty quick pace. And so we decided that, you know, location wasn't a factor. We were going to build this team uh, remote. And, uh, and so we put together a team. We have about 10 employees, uh, instructional designers spread across uh, different locations, right? We have someone in Arizona, someone in New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Florida. I mean, they, they are very well spread out. And... Uh, and it's 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 worked great. I mean, we've we've built a, a great culture and, and team, and and uh, we're going to continue to kind of have this model where we have some remote couple of folks that are local, um, but really we don't make it a requirement when we're doing our searches. We're really just focused on uh, on the skill sets and and the personalities. Do the local people come in periodically, or is it really still? I mean, I know what commuting is like in the D.C. area. Yeah. So, you know, we have uh, we have some that come in once a week. Um, well, in particular, we have like a media person, right, who, who comes to campus a little bit more often because they do uh, physical recordings. Although even if you think about, and Tom, we've been in this industry a long time, 10 years ago, you were using much more office equipment to do recordings. Now, webcams, microphones, you know, so many households have nice setups or you could lend them equipment that they're doing a lot of recordings at home. So even that is not something that happens as much as it used to. But um, but we do have a couple of folks that come in once a week or if there's a department meeting or, or an event or something like that, then we'll have folks come in. Yeah, that's actually another question I had, which was um, how often do you get everybody together in person or do you? And um, what do you try to do um, to kind of maximize that face-to-face -face time? Yeah, so we um, we do bring the whole entire team together once a term, really just fall and spring. So we fly everyone in um, two or three days and, and really do kind of a mix of things. We have a couple of sessions where it's just kind of, uh, general talking about the future, talking about what's going on. But we really focus more of that time on team building and uh, and campus events. You know, the first time, you know, kind of giving them campus tours. Um, this time they're going to actually at the end of October, we're bringing the team in. Uh, there's an idea center on campus uh, that a faculty runs that we're going to go and spend two hours there with that faculty, go over some research and some some of the cool work that they're doing in VR. Um, so, so really trying to think about how do we engage them with American University and the campus life um, and the community. That's, that's kind of the focus in team building when we come in. Uh, the, the training, you know, instructional design training, we could do that over Zoom. So we try not to spend too much time on, on that type of work, but really just more the, the interactions in person. What, what do you do in the, in the meantime? So I, I think that that's probably a great way to kind of establish some relationships, but to sort of nurture, nurture and, and um, uh, develop that culture uh, over time, I imagine you probably have some more intentional things that you do remotely. 
Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's interesting when uh, when we started off and we were talking about you know collaboration and different things. Now you know, we're I, I think folks that work, run it work in online shops. I think we're a little bit more advanced in, in online collaborations, right? Because oftentimes faculty don't like to come into to the office that much, right? And so, um, in our case. We were already doing a good job of, of um, editing documents or working on documents together, you know, on, on either Drive or, or Office 360. But the, the, the communications, you know, email is a little bit too f- formal. Microsoft Teams, you know, it works, but, you know, it didn't give us some of the flexibility that we wanted in the way that it's currently controlled. And so we, we use Slack as a team. And, uh, and it's great because we have, you know, the random channel, the, you know, the projects channels, and you have a, a bunch of different channels that really help the team kind of communicate, joke around, share things when it's Friday or different topics. Um, and I feel in order to, to build like a good, good culture, good team, you always need different types of personality in your team, right? You know, you have some folks that are more introverted, some that are not. And so hopefully you build a team that you have someone that's kind of like the, uh, the team energizer, right? That's constantly posting, constantly engaging and drawing that interaction. And and we have that on our team. And I think because of that, there, there's a lot of neat things that, that happen and that you learn about people's personalities through Slack. Um, we also have uh, monthly meetings with the fu- with the full team. I mean, the, the team and the, the, there's pockets of, of managers that have their own regular standing meetings. But as a group, we have once a month uh, standing meetings as well that we use a little bit of time to talk personal stuff and then another time to talk uh, to talk business. And um, and and there's other cool uh, things that we've done in some of those kind of team Zoom meetings. I remember early on when we didn't have the opportunity to bring uh, our team onto campus because of the pandemic, we did a, a virtual escape room on Zoom, and it was much cooler than I ever would have imagined it to be. You know, I, I really didn't comprehend how you could do it, but it, but it was pretty neat because it was a place that that pivoted, and, and essentially they had someone in the escape room where your team told them what to do, and they, they did it. And, the team loved that. Um, another time, we bought them Uber lunch passes, and everyone had lunch together. So, it's a it's a mix of things that we got going on. Yeah, it sounds like you just have to be creative, right? And 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 do what you have to do. Um, you mentioned uh, faculty, and something that we have found it's been an evolution here is that you know, like when instructional designers are meeting with faculty in. 2019, that would have happened in person, either like in the faculty's office or in one of our consultation rooms. And now that seems to all be happening virtually, you know, like like this. Have you found it um, pretty seamless to just continue working with faculty um, virtually uh, as opposed to what maybe might have been a more traditional expectation at a school like AU? Yeah, you know, if, if you the way the way I think about it, you know, let's say you had a, a group of managers in, in, a, in a company, right? They get together in a conference room and they're usually discussing things, brainstorming. But the work with an instructional designer and faculty often revolves around looking at materials in the course. And, uh, you know, so I remember back in the days in, in Florida being in the office and, you know, you'll see the instructional designer and a faculty member on their computer kind of pointing out things. I, that's where I think Zoom lends itself great because you're still getting that same kind of screen sharing and, and working on stuff together with the faculty. So we haven't seen any issues. And in fact, we had a, uh, a school who really wanted us to hold office hours and, um, and asked us to, and we said, all right, how about this? 
We'll set up, uh, you know, a Calendly uh, invite so that if faculty want to meet in person, they could sign up and then we'll have an instructional designer come on campus, you know, and, and so like that, we have an option for those that want to meet in person. Uh, guess what? Over the whole semester, not one faculty member signed up for that meeting. So we, we recognize that it wasn't worth having a person sit in an office by themselves. Um, so, you know, that's where we did online. Granted, if, um, you know, there are, there are times now that we're getting a little bit more back to, to normal business that a department chair will say, hey, we want to have, you know, uh, we're going to do a department meeting. Can you come in? Can you provide some training or something like that? Then we'll make sure and, and we'll accommodate and, and we'll bring someone on campus. Yeah, we found the same thing. And I agree. I've heard that from our instructional designers that the screen sharing aspect of Zoom or Teams or whatever you're using is actually qualitatively better than huddling over a laptop, you know. And how and and you know, question for you, Tom. What are you seeing on the on the recording side as well, like media creation? Are you finding less uh, less people coming into the studio versus just doing recordings at home on Zoom or or on Kaltura? Or? I think it depends on the kind of uh, of Content. media that needs to be produced. So if it's something like you know weekly announcements, it's way easier for faculty to do those now than it was a couple of years ago. But we still have plenty of demand for our, instruct our uh, video, instructional video team to do more produced video, more right. enduring, you know, uh, course content that will have a longer shelf life that requires kind of a higher production value. So I think we have both going on, but maybe what we're seeing is more of the kind of just spontaneous video that doesn't have a long shelf life. Right, like welcome videos, yeah. uh, you know, quick, yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, that's true, the, the more interactive media type production, those those are still still in high demand. Yeah, and we want them to be good, right? <laughs> like everybody. Right. Um, what about with students? Um, do, you, do you have direct interaction with students? And have you found that, you know, sort of the remote experience has, has helped with that? Yeah, we, um, you know, our team doesn't so much interface with uh, with students. You know, we're we're leveraging Canvas uh, twenty four seven technical support, um, and so we, we really don't have uh, you know have interactions with students. Um, you know, and, you, and if you think about where we are today compared to you know 10, 15 years ago, even even technical support, uh, students rarely need technical support, at least with the, with Canvas, right, the learning management system. They've grown so accustomed to it, whether it's, you know, in their high schools or because of the pandemic, that um, th that is quite low. Mo most of the technical support uh, questions that we would get are related to perhaps a, a content issue in a course, right? Something that went wrong, right? Like a setting, um, and then we got to, you know, gets escalated and we got to troubleshoot it. So, so we haven't had any issues there. And, and one of the things that we're looking at, as I'm sure all of higher education, right, is, you know, all the student services, making sure that we have, you know, the option of, of the online modality for all the different student services, whether it's advising, whether it's the registrar, how do we offer more of that? Because we're seeing, right, but students want to continue to kind of have that type of experience that they have with, with Amazon or with any other kind of modern day uh, retail type uh, environment. Yeah, I've heard that Amazon comparison, and um, I think it's a great goal. It's hard, though, to measure up against the the, the user experience uh, and investment <laughs> that's behind Amazon for us to try and, you know, mimic that. That that is true, and the hours, right? The hours of service and uh, and all that is is yeah. something that's challenging for universities. 
So if somebody in a position like yours or mine would would be considering um, moving to kind of a, a remote, 100% remote workforce to support online development and delivery, and what, what advice would you give them? What would you say to do or not do? It's a good, good question. You know, I, I kind of feel, and it, it might be, you know, kind of my opinion is that if you have a team that is able to build a great culture on campus, they're going to be able to do that online. Yes, you know, the, the water cooler kind of conversations don't happen as easily. You just have to be more intentional about it. So I, I don't think the lift to to building a good team culture is, is extremely high in a virtual world. I just think you have to be more intentional. You have to implement the right technology, um, you know, to support it, right? You gotta have, you know, the Slack, you gotta have the Zoom, you gotta have the collaboration tools. Um, and it's interesting, right? When you interact with different departments or, or different folks on campus, you'll see some people are emailing files and trying to collaborate via emailing files, right? And that's versus using the online. So, so I think part of it is the training, setting the standards, right, of how you want to operate, having the technology infrastructure to support it, um, and the right leadership. I mean, I think it all really starts with the leadership. You know, I think if you have, if you could do it on campus, you could do it virtually. Um, and it gives you a lot of opportunities to retain great employees, you know, some flexibility, you know. I don't think, I don't advocate for every single position at a university to be remote, right? I think there are, I think there's unique fields, right? I think instructional design, building online programs, uh, digital education, just supporting faculty with their web-assisted courses. I think that uh, lends itself great to, to an online kind of workforce. Yeah, that's cool. Um, maybe at some point you and some others, I know like Karen Peterson at Kansas State um, is doing the same thing. Um, and, you know, there may be like a, a consulting business. <laughs> People who've been through it can hang a shingle out and help others uh, as they mm -hmm. as they move forward. Well, you know, I, I really I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us about this. Maybe we'll check in at some point in the future and see if there's additional things that you've learned along the way. So on behalf of Kelvin, uh, Joseph, thank you so much for being on TopCast. All right. I appreciate it, Tom. Have a good one. Thank you. Well, Tom, that was your interview with Joseph Raquelme. Indeed, it was. It was a good conversation. I think that uh, he's a thoughtful guy. And uh, um, man, imagine starting your job. I don't know. What was it? Just literally like couple weeks, weeks say, yeah, something like that. Weeks, like two <laughs> yeah. weeks or something, right before the, the pandemic yeah. started. Oy. That was that was a crazy time and a crazy uh -huh. time to be making a transition like that. I, I've yeah. known several people who've taken jobs during the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. including our president. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to start it and then have the whole thing turned upside down on you, um, yeah, that must have been a big challenge. But it sounds like they've, you know, they've improvised and overcome, as they say. Yeah, improvise, adapt, overcome. Uh, yeah. So anything that stands out to you from that conversation that you want to kind of explore a little bit? Well, there was there was one thing in particular that um, I know that, I mean, you and I spent a lot of time talking about when, when you were here, that uh, that notion of being intentional about mm -hmm. culture, yeah. right? Because you don't want people to get kind of atomized and disconnected um, and just 
not to really know each other mm-hmm. because of this, just you're interacting with them at a distance through, through a screen. And so doing those kinds of things that, that humanizes it for people and makes it a fun place to work, because I think we all do better work when we enjoy the work and the people we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even at a deeper level, uh, and you've heard me talk about this, that I think the kind of work that we do in online education requires you to be innovative mm-hmm. and think outside the box. And there's risk inherent in that kind of an approach with innovation and, and risk and, and you know, thinking outside the box. So there's risk with that. And in order to take those kinds of risks, you have to have trust and you have to trust the people you're mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's it's harder if you never are in the same room with somebody to build that kind of trust. And if you, just because of circumstance, can't be in the same room with somebody, I think you have to do some of the things that Joseph was talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. in order to kind of build that kind of trust, those kinds of relationships. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, the things that I recall him saying when you asked him about giving advice for leading a remote team um, you mentioned uh, that he said intentionality. I think I think intentionality is true regardless, frankly, uh, of whatever modality <laughs> you should you should bring your intention. Whatever you're going to do, do it. Uh, whether it's a hybrid team or fully in person or fully remote, whatever. But you know, fair point. Um, he talked about um, earlier uh, before that. He talked about kind of how the technology tools have matured and bandwidth and all that stuff. But he, but he said, ensure the appropriate technology tools that will support what you, um, what you're doing. And I think he gave the example of, Hey, you know, this, this, this old school institutional tech, not as, not as facile as, as we young hip team members use with our Slack, you know, um, I, I make fun because, you know, I'm not hip enough to use Slack personally. <laughs> yeah, um, and he uh, he talked about the nature of the team member roles, right? That maybe not every role lends itself. Some do more than others. And then I I, I thought it was interesting. He didn't elaborate a lot on this, but you got to bring leadership, which I think is I think it reinforces the intentionality thing. But I think it's more than that. I think probably he means uh, modeling and, um, uh, being willing to make adjustments and, um, you know, carry things out and, um, and keep the main thing, the main thing. I I assume all those, those things, but you know, I, 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 even as I recount those, I, I don't know that those are all exclusively remote things other than maybe the technology tools. Yeah, I think you're right. But that leadership question, I think that's a, that's a good one because, I mean, they make an investment. I think. What did he say? Mm. Once a once a term to bring everybody yeah, in, that's, right? So that's money. Yeah, they spend the money to bring everybody in, and so they have you know a couple of days together. And I, I think that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of just, I don't know, what's the term that was used here? One of our faculty members used during the pandemic, a cultural momentum mm-hmm. that you can kind of build, and then that carries mm-hmm. you through some of the you know more isolated, if you will, kind of, um, you know, experience that you might have if you're fully remote. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, I think that's good. Um, put your money where your modality is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even I, I agree with him that not every role is appropriate for it. You know, there's, there's even here, um, we've got roles in our department that are, you know, 
faculty facing or student facing that are responsible for like, you know, getting faculty into the faculty multimedia center to record on the, on the light board, you, you got to just be there for that. Right. You, you can't do that remotely. So um, there's just certain things, you know, the, the quintessential example is, well, the groundskeeper can't work remotely because mm -hmm. they got to, ride the mower across the, you know, the quad or whatever. Although with the right telepresence robot. <laughs> I'm waiting for those robot lawnmowers for my own yard. <laughs> I, I have nightmares about those. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's right. It's interesting here, you know, I'm still working to assimilate uh, into the existing culture before, you know, seeking to do too much to, you know, um, shift uh, any, any cultural elements, but it is fascinating. Things are rather low key at the university, university of Louisville, um, with regard to remote positions and hybridity. It's really, if you need to do it, do it. Policy is sort of, you know, broad. And, uh, there are some existing folks who are working remotely, um, uh, out of state or near out of state and so forth. And so we were having some conversations just today about, a division-wide um, uh, kind of all-hands meeting um, that will come up later this um, term and in the subsequent terms. And we were talking about those reframing a little bit and, you know, kind of like we were talking about here, I talked about intentionality. And uh, some of us were talking about, you know, we don't have the budget to fly folks in if they're out of state, but we would certainly welcome folks if they want to <laughs> drive across state lines or, you know, uh, get here any other way, that'd be great. But, but if we can't, then we have to uh, provide access, you know, some degree of hybridity so that we're not excluding people. And those are, those are the challenges of not being all one thing or all another thing. Right. Yeah. Neither fish nor fowl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, do you think I should try to wrap it up, put a bow on it. Yes. Right. Put it in the mail, Tom, put it in the mail. <laughs> so, um, the nature of many of our roles in online education and maybe especially in online education has led some job seekers. We've certainly seen it here to pursue a variety of remote mm -hmm. opportunities mm -hmm. going forward, ensuring the success of partially or even fully remote teams is going to become increasingly important in our field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, you know, we got to figure out how to do that. That's right. Well, yeah. mm -hmm. yep. uh, you think as the coffee grounds circle around at the bottom of my mug that uh, we have time for a little plug? Let's plug it. All I right. already did my plug. You can do a plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't have a book to sell right this moment. Um, well, dear listeners, if you usually listen to the audio version of this podcast, did you know... You could also watch a video version. Now, I don't know why, but apparently some people apparently like that kind of thing. So you could. Conversely, if you are watching us right now, you could just listen while you're on the go and away from your screen. And maybe you should take a little time away from your screen. So for either option or both, check out each episode's webpage, which is available online at our website home of topcast.online.ucf.edu, topcast.online.ucf.edu. Try a different modality 
for this podcast. Yeah, mix it up. Yeah, yeah. be hybrid. Be hybrid. Try a little, be ambidextrous. <laughs> something, something. Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, I wish I could be sharing uh, the actual coffee with you, but it was nice having virtual uh, coffee with you. We wouldn't be able, look at that. We wouldn't be able to have this podcast if it wasn't for, as Joseph said, the maturity of our uh, telecommuting, telecommunications technologies. It's, it's very true. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, until next time for TopCast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya.